from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I hope this finds you well, and welcome into Studio B, where we host each and every weekday the official podcast for New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. Hope you're having a great day. Wow, the weather here in the Gulf South, fantastic. It actually feels a little bit like football season, doesn't it? Or early NBA season, you take your pick. We're going to cover both the NBA and the NFL today, of course. And on the NBA side, it's playoff talk. We are very pleased to have two of the finest radio play-by-play announcers in the NBA as our guests today. Bill Shoney of the San Antonio Spurs will join us a bit later and talk about the Spurs who find themselves back in the Western Conference Finals. They knocked out the Trailblazers last night at home. And then Mike Inglis, the voice of the Miami Heat, will join us here in Studio B, well, via the telephone from Miami, where the Heat last night ousted the Brooklyn Nets. And so for the fourth straight time, we'll see the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And on the NFL side today, we'll continue our draft recap series as we get to know Ronald Powell, outside linebacker out of Florida, a little bit better here on today's show. The uh, Pelicans, by the way, sent out a news release earlier this morning. I want to share that with you real quick. It regards uh, Tyreek Evans and some uh, cleanup surgery. Uh, It states here that Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans underwent minor arthroscopic surgery yesterday to clean up scar tissue in his right knee. That uh, announcement from the team also signals the start of a rehab process that will take six to eight weeks. I think Evans will be just fine. Of course, uh, after appearing in 72 games this past season, averaging 14.5 points per game, a higher total than that when he joined the starting lineup for head coach Monty Williams. So that's on the newswire here on the campus today. Otherwise, we'll talk NBA playoffs and Mr. Ronald Powell on today's show. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Salerson's our producer, and you can always follow the show at Black Blue Report on Twitter. Now we'll get started in just a moment with Mike Inglis, the voice of the Miami Heat. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News and World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is, I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. 
This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We've got a lot of NBA talk here today. And, of course, we've got uh, two series that come to a close this week as one, the Miami Heat knock off the new, uh, the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, but also the San Antonio Spurs take care of business against the Trailblazers. We'll visit with Bill Schoening in just a little bit. But first up, Mike Inglis, the longtime voice of the Miami Heat, the uh, Heat winners last night, 96-94. to And they're off to the Eastern Conference Finals. The defending champs will be there for the fourth straight year. First of all, uh, Michael, good morning, and congratulations on another series win for your team. Yeah, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, it's always good talking with you. It was a blast. It, uh, it never gets old, you know, uh, doing this type of stuff. Uh, a hairy series, but uh, it's always good going to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Sort of getting used to it, which is a good thing. Yeah, no doubt. This is kind of just a regular ho-hum for you guys late yeah. May. <laughs> um, let, me, let me ask you this. You, you described it as a hairy series. What are your biggest takeaways from the uh, tangle with the Nets here? Well, I, I think for for Miami's sake, it was it was a good test, and they, they really needed that after the series with the uh, you know Charlotte Bobcats, where they were without their big man who had the plantar fascia Jefferson there, and uh, so they didn't get the full the full Bobcats team. And Miami ran through that series for nothing. Every single game, Sean, in this series, despite a couple of double digit victories by each team, they really they were much much closer. They came down to the last six minutes of the fourth quarter just about all the time and if not down to just the last couple of minutes or a few seconds like the, the game number five where Miami prevailed and uh, it, it, it really was a nice nice test against a team that wouldn't go away and played some pretty darn decent defense. Do the do the Heat uh, have the success in this series uh, more so because of LeBron James or more because this team knows how to handle late game situations nowadays? I, I think it's a, a whole a, a big mental thing where Miami beats other teams up. I, I really do with their experience. You could see they didn't panic. You know, I mean, they're, they're they're down. It looks like the game is lost. Everything is going Brooklyn's way in the last few minutes, and then Miami's defense gets back to the championship defense uh, that they have. They, you know, they allow the Nets to shoot one of their last nine. And uh, they, they end the game on a 13-3 to run. The Nets have got uh, multiple opportunities to try to tie it or win the ball game with a shot. And the Heat defense just shuts them down and making it even hard for them to inbound the ball. And that's where the, the, the mental frame of this team, I think, is so much stronger than other teams. There's no panic. As they say, been there, done that. When I think you've seen in a couple of other series where teams have let the last few minutes uh, absolutely go by the wayside with some real mental lapses, and, and it's cost them ball games. You don't see that with the Miami Heat. Are there concerns, and are they legit? Uh, concerns? I, I I don't think so. You know, the the team is is so deep. Uh, that, you know, I I don't know what I, I always tell people with with Miami, uh, their worst enemy is themselves. Uh, because if the Heat play Miami Heat basketball the way we know they can play with defense, they've got plenty of offense, no one beats this team in a seven-game series. I mean, nobody, if they play that way. When Miami turns the ball over and gets out of the flow of their tight style of ball game, like the Nets tried to dictate the pace of the game, and they did a pretty good job of it slowing Miami right down. He'd love to get out on the fast break. But Miami then found a way to work around that, get the ball inside, score some easier baskets, bully their way to the rim, and also get out on the fast break. So, But, I, again, I, I, there's always concerns, but I don't think it's anything Miami's losing sleep about. 
Mike Inglis, voice of the Heat, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, I, I know the players and the coaches won't talk about this, but maybe I can get you two to yeah. speak to your opponent in the next round. Uh, Indiana or Washington, any preference on your part? That, that doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think both will be great matchups. I mean, you know, the, there's history, obviously, more history with the Indiana Pacers, what the Heat did to them last year, beating them in seven games. And we all know Indiana, their mantra all season long, get the number one seed so we can beat Miami in a seventh game. I think it's, it was a wacky thing to, to say by the coaching staff to do something like that, to put pressure on their team. It's totally unnecessary. But they did, and they wound up getting the number one seed. But now they've got to get by a Washington. Washington team has been so fun to watch. Uh, they've been a, a, an example of a team, as I mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago, that uh, looked lost at crunch time a few times, and they've lost a couple of games because they've they've gotten lost when it comes crunch time, the last few minutes of a ball game. And uh, you know, so Indiana, great. Washington would be a whole lot of fun, but it's whoever comes along the way. Miami knows uh, you, you put a team in front of them, they got to beat them. It's that simple. We always hear about uh, San Antonio and Greg Popovich and, and the genius of Popovich and the system mm-hmm. and the machine and all that. How come we don't hear the same thing about Eric Spolstra? Well, you, you, you won't because of uh, because of who they have on the team, which uh, we, we laugh at, Sean. You know, we've talked before in the past. We, we think it's hilarious. You know, these three guys, Bosch, Wade, and LeBron, uh, you know, since they all got together four years ago, uh, you know, it, it, it's been over the top ridiculous. No matter what happens, and uh, these guys have gotten so used to it now, nothing phases them when wacky stories come out about them and the whole bit. And you got to give credit, Spo, right off the bat. You know, people were saying, well, you know, are they going to listen to Spo because he's such a young guy? Well, you know what? Proof's in the pudding. You tell guys to play a certain way. If they follow your way to play guess what happens if you get great results? They're going to respect the daylights out of you. And I think when Bosch and LeBron came, they probably went to, I, I, my assumption is, went to the likes of a Dwayne Wade, who's got so much respect for Coach Eric Spolster because he really helped Wade get back into form uh, back in a few series back before the big three got together when he got injured against the Detroit Pistons and got Wade to change his game up a little bit. So he had Wade's total respect in other players. And then those guys just follow right in line again. Uh, when you win, it's so much easier, and uh, that's what this team's doing. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, Michael, now that I've got you riled up pretty good, let me throw this one out here to kind of finish things off. And, and, and you may be immune to a little bit because Miami is the defending champ, and here they are again in the Eastern Conference Finals. But let me just ask you, as, as a member of the Eastern Conference, I guess, um, all the talk all season long about the weakness of the Eastern Conference, did it bother you? Did it bother the Heat in any way at, you know, as that conversation never seemed to go away? Yeah, I, I think it was a bunch of malarkey. You can say it every year about one of the conferences. I mean, you know, it, it's silly. You look at the teams. I mean, well, I'll give you an example: the Brooklyn Nets. Well, they played without Lopez all year long. They got a brand new coach, put a bunch of new guys together. What did what did everyone expect them to win seventy games right out of the gate? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. You look at you look at the, the Atlanta Atlanta Hawks. They played without their 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 best man Al Horford most of the season. What do you think was going to happen there? And they added a couple of new bodies. I mean, you, you got to be realistic about it. And so the pounding on the Eastern Conference. We we I got a kick out of it. I I think people that. Did that absolutely have no idea what the hell they're talking about. It is interesting uh, when it all shakes out because all the talk in the West was like, you know, let me just throw out a, a Pelicans reference here. Yeah. The thought was when the Pelicans get healthy enough, you know, can they can they as a healthy squad win 15 more games in a season to achieve the eighth seed in the West? And I, 
I had to tell everybody, slow down here a second. Look, Phoenix is not going to go fifteen and zero at home against the exactly. East again. Yeah. Um, and so those win totals can get a little inflated. So um, yeah, it changes. It changes. You know, you've been around this as long as I have now. It always changes. I mean, the ebbs and flow changes. Rosters change. Uh, you know, I mean, Milwaukee, they'll change. Are they going to be as bad as they were? No, I wouldn't think they'd be as bad as they were. Uh, Toronto, look at how they've developed now. It, 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 it all changes. And uh, the same thing with the Lakers. Whoever thought the Lakers would be the doormats of the West? I mean, uh, that's going to change. You know it. So, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I, I still love uh, the, the Eastern Conference uh, with, with their style of basketball. The Western Conference got a little bit more up-tempo style of basketball, you might say. But when they both come to together guess what it's basketball and the best team's going to win let's say it's miami and san antonio again in the finals and i think that's somewhat realistic to throw out there uh, you know mike there's going to be some of that talk about oh here we go again same same names same two teams here to decide this whole thing um do, do you buy into that or has has the first two rounds of the nba playoffs shown us that the league is as healthy as we can remember i i think the league is unbelievably healthy because we had some real shocks. I mean, again, I'll go back to the Brooklyn Nets. Did, did anyone think Toronto was going to be able to take them to a seventh game? Actually, the way Toronto played, and we talked, I talked about how making mistakes with, with inexperience at the end of ballgames, they could have won that series, uh, that series very, very easily. Yeah, who expected the Atlanta Hawks to do what, what, what happened there? Uh, you know, I, I think the league is in great shape. There's great stars. I mean, look at the, look at. Look at New Orleans with the, the, the talent they've got. And that big kid in particular, Davis, this kid's a bona fide superstar. Uh, and it's only going to get better. That's what's scary for the rest of the league. This kid's just scratched the surface. You know, so it, it's, it's, it's in good hands with the young guys. And uh, like I said, some guys will go from the west to the east. Some guys will go from the east to the west. And it'll all even out. But the bottom line is, uh, usually the two best teams wind up playing for the championship. Mm-hmm. And and with that, we have a lot more basketball to watch, and you have a lot more oh, games yeah. to call. Yep. Yeah, I hope Michael, so. I hope it keeps going. Yeah, I do too. For you uh, and 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 Bill and and a lot of my friends in the league, it's 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 sure fun to watch and listen to your calls. And uh, I'll keep following you on XM uh, Sirius uh, Satellite Radio, and uh, and uh, wish you all the best, Mike. I appreciate it. Hey, always a pleasure. Great talking with you. And you have a great off season because I know you're one busy man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Mike English, voice of the Miami Heat. With us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Pelican 4 with Tyreek Evans, and you're listening to The Black and Blue Report. 
All right, let's turn our attention to the Western Conference and talk about those San Antonio Spurs. My goodness, another uh, a ho-hum series. Maybe, maybe not against the uh, Portland Trailblazers, but the Spurs closed it out last night, and we're pleased to have the voice of the San Antonio Spurs, Bill Shoney, with us on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Bill, good morning. Congratulations. It's another uh, step toward uh, the ultimate goal for San Antonio, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Sean. The, the only goal for this team is to win a championship. So uh, when they do these deep playoff runs, uh, it, it's kind of satisfying. But at the same time, it's like they expect it. You know? So I think the fans in San Antonio, quite frankly, are a little bit spoiled uh, because of the success. I think that uh, you know the players maybe appreciate it a little bit more and try to savor it a little bit because especially some of the older guys who know that uh, they're not going to be around forever. Uh, but uh, this has been another very, very good run so far. You know, you talk about the, the fans there, and certainly they've been treated now for quite some time. How does Greg Popovich, or how does how do the, the veteran players of this team keep players from getting spoiled or expecting too much? Wow, that's a really good question. I think it's part of the culture uh, that Greg Popovich has established over the last 18 years with his uh, general manager, R.C. Buford, uh, the types of players they bring in. Uh, they make sure they don't get too down after a loss or too excited after a win. They're very even keel most of the time, and that includes the 82-game regular season schedule and into the playoffs, and I think it serves them very well. One of the things that Pop tells young players when they come into the program is get over yourself. It's not about you averaging 20 points or making the all-star team. It's about you being part of a winning culture, uh, and that's what they've had in San Antonio uh, during the Pop and Duncan era. As they win last night, um, watching Kawhi Leonard at the microphone and – of course, we heard Tim Duncan in a walk-off interview, your call last night. Um, I think it really – I don't I don't think people outside of San Antonio know what to do with the Spurs when they act so humble and classy throughout all this winning. And, and I think the easy knee-jerk thing for NBA fans around the country to say is that this has got to be fake, this has got to be rehearsed, they must have a giggle behind closed doors. Um, what would you say to that criticism? Well, it's lasted a long time, and I think it's sincere. I think that, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding, you know, in, in the long-term success they've had. And even during the regular season, when, when the Spurs play a non-playoff team that is struggling and, and down for the lottery, uh, Pop always talks about playing with proper fear. And that is uh, not to fear your opponent, but to fear losing to that opponent. So you respect them. You respect the fact that they're in the league and they have uh, very good players. And, uh, you know, on any given night, Anything can happen, especially during the course of an 82-game regular season schedule. And I think that that carries over to the playoffs in terms of respect for the opponent. And uh, obviously you're going to face tougher competition in the playoffs. Pop's got a great deal of respect for Terry Stotts, for instance, and the, and the Portland Trailblazers. I think it was just a situation where the Spurs had a much deeper bench. Uh, they outscored them, get this, 220-77 uh, to 77, uh, in, in the uh, bench scoring in the series. So that was a real big difference. Uh, because really Portland basically goes about six or seven deep, and Mo Williams, one of the top bench players, was out with a groin injury for most of the series. So uh, the Spurs are able to take advantage of that. But, uh, hey, they tip their cap to uh, the team when they lose. You know, Dallas hit a, a game-winning shot in game three in that series, and the Mavs certainly gave the Spurs only one and more in the first round. Uh, you know, you tip your cap and you move on, get ready for the next game. I'm glad you brought the bench, Bill, because uh, that really is the underlying story here, at least in this past series against the Trailblazers. Is there something that you think that we should know about this addition to the Spurs that doesn't get covered enough? Uh, you mentioned the bench thing, but is there something else? Well, you know, I think part of the bench thing is the culture of the bench, and that is uh, we call them the foreign legion uh, because those are international players, uh, and they've got a great personality. Uh, I know, Sean, in your many years uh, with the Hornets and the Pelicans, 
uh, that uh, you know you've had a chance to cover some pretty cool international guys, and I think they really add flavor to the league. This is my 13th year with the Spurs. And uh, anyway, our bench is, you know, Patty Mills is from Australia. Ginobili is from Argentina. Bellinelli is from Italy. Uh, Boris Diaw is from France. We have a young guy named Aaron Baines who's been playing for us, uh, backup center, just getting maybe five, ten minutes a game, but he's from Australia as well. Uh, and these guys bring a real amount of energy and hard work to the surface uh, when they come in the ball game, And I think that's why they've been so productive. So I think nationally they're missing out on these guys. This is a really good unit. They play very well together. And a lot of teams, when they put the subs in and the second team in, they just want those guys to hold on, you know, just to sustain. That's not the case here. These, they want these guys to run and gun and get out and push the tempo and increase the lead if there's a lead at that point. Spurs outscored the Blazers last night, 26-19 in the third, 27-19 in the fourth. They do it without Tony Parker, who went to the locker room with a bit of a hamstring problem. Uh, is, is Tony Parker's con- uh, health a concern, Bill, at this point? What are, they, what are you hearing? Yeah, it's always a concern. Uh, there was no word last night on how Tony is, although uh, there are whispers that he's going to be okay. And if there was a game six, he probably would have played. Uh, but <clears throat> Tony played all summer long for the French national team. And uh, Pop really tried to rest him during periods of time this season. Uh, because there was one point, like in March, he looked tired. And Pop said, no, I'm going to shut him down. He's got a couple of these, he called them maladies. Uh, he had like a, a tight hamstring for a while and he had a shin bruise. And he just wanted him to, you know, kind of shut, shut it down for a couple of weeks. And, and they were able to do that because of Patty Mills and his, uh, you know, fine play off the bench. So uh, they've got some guys they can plug in there. But I, I think that Tony's health is always going to be concerned because, you know, he's 185 pounds and he's always in there getting knocked around because he takes him to pain a lot. So, you know, his health is always going to be a primary concern. But I think – uh, as long as we get a little bit of a break here between uh, this round and the conference finals, uh, he should be okay for game one. My thought here is that the the Clippers and the Thunder go seven games, uh, Bill, but after that it should be a very entertaining Western Conference finals regardless of who your opponent is. Uh, are there any particular uh, matchups that you'd like to see in that series to decide the West? Yeah, I'm like you. I just wanted to go seven games. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It, it, it's a shame because I, I think that uh, you know the Clippers certainly had that uh, game five in their back pocket and let it slip out. Uh, so now they've got to protect their home floor to, to make it a seven game. Uh, we've had a little bit more success against the Clippers, the Spurs, than against the Thunder. But you know, regular season games and postseason, as you know, Sean, are completely different because you know you never know when a team's on the you know fourth game in five nights or the second night of a back to back, or they've got some injuries or illness going through the team, or at the end of a long road trip. You know, there's all these different factors that go into a regular season matchup. Where in the playoffs, uh, if teams are healthy uh, going into a series, then you know that they're pretty much on even terms in terms of, you know, you're going to have a day off at least, maybe two days off between games. Uh, You're going to have the best officials, hopefully, (laughs) that are available uh, to call those games. So all all those different things, uh, and nobody's on the second night of a back-to-back. So I think those uh, things tend to even out. And usually uh, during the course of a seven-game series, the better team will win. I'll spare everyone a conversation about officiating, but I do want to ask you about coaching. Bill, <laughs> you, you've worked with the same head coach for, what, 13 years now? Yes. Um, and no other broadcaster in the NBA can talk like that. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on what appears to be another chunk of coaching changes, especially, it seems, in the West here this offseason, as we saw Steve Kerr yesterday uh, take the, uh, the uh, Golden State job, and now Stan Van Gundy's going to run things in Detroit. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think that some of these teams need to have patience. Uh, I know that Brett Brown was one of our assistants. He went to Philadelphia, and we obviously know that the Sixers are in a big, big-time rebuilding mode. But before he took that job, he wanted a fourth-year guarantee. 
because he knew going in that he was not going to be able to win. He just doesn't have the material to win games right now uh, at a high level, uh, even in the Eastern Conference uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers. So um, he said, hey, I, I need a fourth year because I'm going to need time to rebuild this. And I think the teams need to kind of step back and realize if you're in a rebuilding mode and you're starting from scratch, give the coach, give the general manager time to build their program up because it takes a while to get it going. And then try to have some patience because, you know, look at Mike Brown's been fired by Cleveland, what, twice in the last few years? I mean, it's just kind of crazy with uh, the carousel going on. And there's some good coaches getting fired. And I think part of it is because um, uh, front offices or owners are just not patient enough with coaches and with general managers to let them get their system going and, and give them a couple of years to build the program up. Does Greg Popovich lose another assistant this summer? <laughs> he may. Uh, you know, Jim Boylan's name, and Jim's only been with us one year. What a wonderful guy he is. I really enjoyed working with him uh, this season. But uh, he apparently is on the short list of Utah. He's the former head coach of the University of Utah, and he's got a lot of connections with Dennis Lindsay, who is the general manager now with uh, Utah with, uh, with the Salt Lake City team. So, uh, And that's the other thing about the Spurs. We have so many connections now with general managers and coaches all over the league, that every year when an opening comes up, well, a general manager somewhere is familiar with one of our guys, and uh, obviously the Spurs had success, so uh, they continue to uh, you know, uh, put more branches on the Popovich coaching tree, if you will. Quinn Snyder is another guy whose name has come up. He's an assistant for Mike Budenholzer, another former Spurs assistant who's in Atlanta right now. So it just kind of goes on and on and on, like the carousel you mentioned. Yeah, no doubt. Bill Shoney, voice of the Spurs with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Bill, before I let you go, I know of no other NBA broadcaster who has as much fun or is as creative as you are when it comes to nicknames or naming of certain aspects of the game. What is the art of gaining a nickname? <laughs> well, with our guys, it's pretty easy because um, we have so many foreign players. And so uh, I don't necessarily get a lot of nicknames out, but uh, I try to give a little signature call because to me it would be kind of boring if every three-pointer was just good. So, Patty Mills, good day, mate. You know, obviously, you know, he's from Australia. Uh, <clears throat> when Manu Schnoble came in, I wanted to talk about something Spanish, and to say that's a Manu 3 is a Manu 3. So, I didn't know how many times I would say that's a Manu 3. I counted the other day, it's like over 1,400 times I've said that now. So, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's been a good one for us. And, of course, Tony Parker, when he hits a 3, it's Trebian, which is very good in, in French. But, uh, oh, and Boris Diaw is Magnifique, which obviously is magnificent. So we try to have fun. Marco Bellinelli, when he gets a three, uh, you know Marco very well. It's Bellissimo, which is the Italian word for good. So we just try to have some fun with it, and uh, I think the fans kind of get a kick out of it. I know some fans have built, uh, uh, built signs, you know, so when uh, Bellinelli hits a three, there's a lady downstairs that's got a sign that says Bellissimo. Uh, and then our TV guy, Bill Lance, says Mamma Mia when he hits a three. So it's just having fun and embracing the international culture of the ball club. Does it get back to the players, and what do they say about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Marco's always uh, kidding with me, yelling Bellissimo at me. And uh, Patty Patty Mills, of course, uh, with the exaggerated Australian accent, the guy might and she is and all that, right? And, and of course, uh, Patty in a postgame interview will always throw out some of his Australian terms that we don't know. Uh, for instance, he played <laughs> 35 minutes one night, and I say, you're a little bit tired. He goes, oh, I'm beyond tired, Mike. I'm bugged. And so I guess uh, Buggard is very, very t- uh, tired in Australia. So uh, we just learn little things like that. And, and again, uh, I, I think it's great. You know, I think the influx of the international players in the league uh, in general, and for the Spurs in particular, uh, has you know, kind of added a little flavor to the league. I know you liked Peja Stojakovic when you got a chance to work with him. Oh, there's no doubt. And, and, and you get Sean Marks, too, who's from New Zealand on the coaching <laughs> staff. So, um, yeah, yeah. We, no, we it is fun, and you're right, but – 
Yep, you got and you got to have fun with it, right? Oh, absolutely. And fortunately for us, I mean, you know, we we've been having fun with with winning. I mean, they've won uh, 50 games every year I've been here. So uh, even in the lockout year, they they went 50 and 16. So uh, they've had uh, unbelievable success in terms of their consistency. Really, the most consistent team in NBA history. When you think about the fact that they've won 50 games for 15 straight years, no team's ever done that. And they're usually making a nice little run in the playoffs. This is the third straight year. This person made it to the Western Conference Finals. And, Sean, I try not to take it for granted. I try to enjoy every moment of it because I know that, uh, you know, there are guys out there that uh, their season ends in mid-April. And uh, I, I know that's tough because this is the fun time of the year when you really want to be working and you really want to be a part of what's going on. You say that every year, Bill. You, you, you know, you always <laughs> say it could, it could end at any time. And that's what they it say could. about the Spurs, too, and it never does. Well, you know, it's strange. I, I, I'm amazed that the success has gone this long. You know, Tim Duncan is still playing at a, a very high level at the age of 38. Manu's 36. Uh, you know, the, this big three's been together. You, you know, it's interesting, Sean. A, a lot of people uh, don't realize this, but that trio has won more games together than any trio in NBA history with the exception of Bird, Parrish, and McHale. So uh, that, that, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, they just passed Michael Cooper, uh, Magic Johnson, and whoever the third was, uh, third guy was in that particular trio, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or whoever it was. Uh, but, uh, I mean, obviously uh, it's, it, it's an amazing feat for the, those three guys to have won as many games. And they've got a chance to actually beat, I think, next year, uh, Mikhail, Parrish, and Bird. Yeah, that can come across next year. All right, I don't want to take the Western Conference Finals for granted, but, Bill, don't the Spurs want another crack at the Miami Heat? Isn't that the thing simmering underneath the surface all this time? Yeah, but you know what? Uh, they're going to have to beat a good Clipper team or a good Thunder team to get there, and I guarantee you uh, they won't answer one question about the Miami Heat until that part's done because they know uh, the Thunder very, very tough out two years ago. The Thunder uh, won four straight in the conference finals to beat the Spurs who had a 2 nothing lead in that series. Uh, but, you know, the thing I like about the Spurs going into a series with the Thunder is Kawhi Leonard because uh, he's such a good defender. He's got long arms and big hands. I'm not saying he can shut down Kevin Durant. Nobody can but I think they can match up uh, with, with the way Kawhi Leonard's playing right now. I think they can give Durant, uh, at least make him really work for his points uh, because some teams uh, just don't have a guy that can match up with Durant. I'm not saying that you know, Leonard, again, can shut him down, but I think he can give him a hard time and make him really work hard to get his points. And, of course, Westbrook's another tough matchup. But uh, that'll be a good series, whether they play the Clippers or the Thunder. Uh, and that, that's what they're focused on. If they're fortunate enough to get by those guys, then we can talk about the Heat or the Pacers or the Wizards, wherever we have in the pace. Well, Bill Shoney, I appreciate it. I hope that you uh, keep working a long time here into the early portion of the summer. And, uh, and I appreciate the long visit today. I really do. I no problem, Sean. You know, you always have an invite to come over to Austin. I live uh, north of uh, San Antonio up in Austin, so there's a lot of good music going on. So if you ever want to come over and hang out, just let me know. Yeah, no, good music and uh, cholesterol-feeding barbecue at my disposal. <laughs> I, I think I need to get over there very soon. You are the big barbecue guy. You come over and gain some weight. <laughs> I will. I will. Bill Shoney with us, the voice of the Spurs, right here on the Black and Blue Report. Your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, are on their way to becoming playoff contenders, and you'll want to be there to witness it. Newly released seat locations will be available for the public to check out for the first time at our Select-A-Seat event on Saturday, May 17th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. Ticket packages start as low as $150. Visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOPE for more info and take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans. As one Entergy customer to another, 
I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. <gasps> this is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I had a lot of good NBA talk today, talking Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs, both of which are moving on in the NBA's postseason tournament. Let's turn our attention back to the NFL here on this Thursday and uh, continue our draft recap series in getting to know the uh, newest Saints a little bit more. Outside linebacker Ronald Powell is from Florida, and uh, he was selected by the New Orleans Saints this past weekend. It was one of four defensive players selected by Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. John DeShazer and I had a chance to speak with Mr. Powell after his selection at pick number 29 of the fifth round over the weekend. Well, speaking of wearing black and gold, J.D., live with us here on the phone at NewOrleansSaints.com was pick number 169, the linebacker out of the University of Florida, Ronald Powell. Ronald, good afternoon and congratulations. Welcome to the New Orleans Saints. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good afternoon. Where do we find you today again? Southern California, right, Ronald? <laughs> Sunny Southern California, man. I'm here. I'm here with my fam, sitting under my mom. My grandmother and my, my auntie and all my little cousins is around me, man. I'm just excited, man. It's, it's definitely a blessing for me and, me and my family. What happened when the phone rang? Uh, man, I, I was actually, I was actually, you know, laying down in my room, and my mom was still in her room watching it. And uh, man, I, man, I just, you know, I, you know, I've been waiting for this moment for so long, man. It just, it just brought tears in my eyes. I, I was. I was sitting there. I'm like, man, I know I'm not gonna cry, man. But but when you get the phone call, man, it's it's, it's overwhelming, man, because you, you waited so long for this. Ronald, you sound like Rod Tidwell, man. You uh, <laughs> did, did you, what did the uh, the waiting process do for? You? How, how much did it take out of you? Oh man, it motivated me. It motivated me to to that to the tenth power. Uh, it, it's, it's, I'm gonna use every bit of it for motivation, man. And I, I just think. I just thank the Saints organization for uh, for for the opportunity, man. Uh, because everybody, uh, everybody that passed me, man, everybody that 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 didn't think I was worth it. Uh, we're here 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 with the Saints organization. We're gonna make them pay. Do you feel that was a result of the knee injury, and and are you 100% from that knee injury from 2012? Uh, you, you know what? I really don't know what it was a result of. Um, and I, I really can't say it was, it was all in God's hand. And, and yes, man, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a hundred percent, uh, uh, displaced from, from this knee, knee injury, man. It's not a, it's not, it's not an issue at all. New uh, Saints linebacker Ronald Powell with us here on the telephone and uh, streaming live at NewOrleansSaints.com. Ronald, tell us a little bit about your game and, and, and how perhaps that can translate into that, uh, three, four hybrid that, um, Rob Bryan runs here with the New Orleans Saints. Oh uh, man, I, I just man, the first thing that comes to mind is, is passionate, man. Just I play with a lot of passion, man, because I I, I love this game, man, and I love what I do, and uh, and, and, and effort, man. A lot of you gonna you gonna see a lot of effort out of me, 
uh, regardless of what down it is, uh, that's what you're gonna get from me. And, and and I feel like I fit in real well with the with the Saints. Just the you know the identity of the the, the whole organization, um, and, and and getting after and getting after people, man. I, and that's what I love to do. You know, Ronald, you played strong side and buck at Florida. Do do you feel like that versatility will allow you to get on the field faster with the Saints? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. The uh, the ability to to not only get in the backfield but play against the run. It it looks like Ronald in the in the few highlights that John and I have been able to watch uh, today of you. You kind of have a knack for getting guys behind the line of scrimmage, uh, and you seem to be one of those guys that loves to pin their ears back a little bit. <laughs> yes, I do, sir. I, I like I love speed to power. I love you know the, trying to defeat a man's will, man. That's you play the game, play play a fit, and play a physical game, uh, and and that's what that's what I'm into. How did a Southern California kid get all the way to uh, the swamp in Florida? Oh man, it, you know the crazy the crazy uh, recruiting process, man. Uh, I, I was I was kind of I was a guy that you know wasn't really you know into into taking you know I came out number one player in the country and, and I took one official visit, man. I, I already had seen. Seen what I what I needed to see at uh, the University of uh, Southern Cal. You know, I was real close with the, you know the coaching staff there, um, so I knew I was. And, and then I started getting recruited by you know the SEC teams. Man, I know how much I know what that balls out uh, about uh, in SEC. So uh, you know, after building a relationship with Florida, um, I had let everybody know, man, I was either going to USC in Florida, and uh, <clears throat> uh, I remember sitting at the Army game. And uh, after after uh, after Pete Carroll deciding you know deciding to make the next step and uh, move forward to going to the National Football League, I sat with my family, my mother, and my grandmother, and I told them I was going to make the decision to to, uh, to commit to the to the University of Florida during the game. You know, Ronald, have you played much special teams, and what do you think about you know serving some on the same special teams unit? Oh man, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited to I'm excited to. To be wherever they put me, uh, I have I have been a guy that that's you know played on punt, played on punt block, played you know hold up, I, you know I ran down on kickoff, you know stuff. I've been, you know I made my name as a, you know a freshman there, at, at, you know being an ambush guy uh, on kickoff return. So I oh, mean I'm excited, man. Any anything that has anything to do with the the game, man, I I, I just I'm gonna take every opportunity I can, man. New Saints linebacker Ronald Powell out of the University of Florida is with us on the telephone here during our live broadcast at NewOrleansSaints.com. Powell selected with the 169th pick overall in the fifth round. You know, Ronald, one of the things that John and I were talking about at the top of our broadcast today was the just absolute dominance by SEC players in this year's NFL draft, and this has now continued now, I think, for six straight years that the SEC has fed the most players into the NFL, and here you are amongst that number. Uh, what does that say uh, perhaps about, you know, whether it be the SEC itself or how uh, players now are translating the NFL? Can you help us as you're coming from the SEC kind of understand this? Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, uh, no disrespect to, you know, to the, to the to all the other great um, uh, conferences out there, um, but, you know, playing in the SEC, man, it's different, man. you got to bring it every week. Uh, everybody, you know, it, it don't matter who you go to play, man. They they gonna come to play because I mean they realize and they understand it. So you gonna you gonna get the best, 
you're going to get the best, you know, best people at practice to go up against. You're going to see the best talent week week in and week out. And, and, and we're going to play a physical game every every weekend. Every weekend is going to be a physical game. So I think just, you know, that, that sets us aside from, you know, a, a team that is going to, you know, throw the throw the ball a hundred times in a game because because uh we we gonna we gonna they gonna try to run the ball and they are gonna try to defeat your will and, and pound on you uh, in the SEC man so you gotta you gotta play with a lot of toughness and, and a lot of uh, mental toughness. Now Ronald, you understand you're coming deep into LSU territory here, so you know you're gonna have to watch what you say on Saturdays around here, right? <laughs> Oh man, I'm a I'm a Florida Gator <laughs> to the enemy. <laughs> I'm a Florida Gator man to the enemy, man. Uh, I played in a swamp, man, and, and I'm a rep it to the day I die, man. Go Gators! <laughs> I kind of I kind of had a feeling that's how you were going to react to John's question. What 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 do you know about New Orleans, uh, Mr. Powell? And are there any questions that perhaps we can answer for you today? Oh man, I, I just you know what I do know. I know it's, it's great food. <laughs> it's a lot of great food out there, man. I know, I know that uh, the fan base man, is going to be crazy, man. And I can't wait to be a part of it. Before we let you go, is there an NFL player, uh, past or present, uh, Ronald, that that you could compare yourself to, or if you don't want to go that route, that maybe you admire and you'd like to see your game become? Uh man, uh, to, to tell you the truth. Um, tell you the truth, I, I just you know I I've never really been a a, a a guy of of looking you know looking at just one guy and trying to compare myself to one guy. Man, I, I like I like passionate man. I like guys that that play the game the right way, man. Like to, that loves what they do, man. I mean, I don't I don't care if I'm watching basketball. I'm, I don't care if I'm watching uh you know, a, a show on a carpenter. If if he loves to do what he what he's doing, man, it gives me the chills, man. And and and, and I can see the fight in, in guys, man. That's what I love to see, man. I love to see guys that that just love what love to do what they're doing, man, and 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 go a hundred percent. All right, one more thing. Since you said you're with mom today in Southern California, first of all, let's get her name out there because it is Mother's Day uh, tomorrow, of course, as you <laughs> Crazy. know. Tracy Mitchell, my beautiful mother, man. Happy Mother's Day, man. <laughs> and happy Mother's Day to all the, to the rest of the mothers out there in the whole Saints organization. All right, other than getting selected as an NFL player today, uh, do you have anything planned for Mother's Day tomorrow? Oh, man, I, I, the, sky, the sky's the limit for my mom, man. I'm going uh, to definitely try to figure out something nice for her. Now, Ronald, is she giving you a hard time right now? <laughs> Nah, she's she's smiling ears to ear, man. I, I I came a long way, and I I never thought I never thought I'd be here, man. And she she definitely understands where I'm coming from when I say that. So you know, she's been along with me through all the fighting and, and, and through all the struggles. Does mom have a special meal planned for tonight, or are you gonna take mom out to dinner here on your big day? <laughs> I'm ta- I'm taking her out to eat, man. It's her her time is up, man. I'm a, I'm a. <laughs> Definitely, I got to do something nice for her, man. All right, John, anything else we should leave Ronald Powell with here other than uh, get ready for uh, New Orleans? No, that's it. We'll see you at minicamp. All right. Uh, and I know you're watching you. a little bit on NewOrleansSaints.com. Ronald, congratulations, and uh, we'll see you very soon here in New Orleans. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Who that? 
All right, who that? He's here already. already who that? Who that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ronald Powell with us here on the phone, the linebacker uh, from Florida, now a member of the New Orleans Saints. Well, keep in mind that Ronald Powell set out the 2012 season when he tore his left ACL twice, but then started eight of 11 games played in 2013. Six of what they call the buck position, a linebacker position, two at the Sam. So keep that in mind. He did not start against Tennessee. Did sprain an ankle against LSU, which kept him out of the Missouri contest and out of the starting lineup against Georgia and Vanderbilt. But again, started eight of the last or eight of his last 11 games played as a uh, Florida Gator. And of course, he'll be participating this weekend in the Saints rookie minicamp. All right, back to wrap up this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report right after this. all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. And right now, it's a lot more fun. Lotto Lanyard. Buy a $5 single draw lotto ticket. Get a raffle entry to win up to $50,000. Lotto Lanyard. A lot more cash and a lot more fun. You must be at least 21 to purchase. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. All right, so very soon now we're going to have a Final Four in the NBA, and uh, as we mentioned earlier in this broadcast and visiting with Mike Inglis and Bill Schoening, Spurs and Heat are already locked in. Tonight, two game sixes in the NBA playoffs. On the Eastern Conference side, Indiana and the Wizards. And then on the Western Conference side, the thrilling series between the Clippers and the Thunder continue later on tonight. That'll be a late-night tip-off. And, of course, we'll uh, recap both of those ball games for you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Um, we may have games sevens in those series, or we could have that Final Four all set and ready to go before we start the uh, the weekend. The weekend would kick off uh, basketball-wise on Sunday uh, with the Eastern Conference Finals, if if Indiana goes on to win that series tonight, otherwise uh, that series would not start until Tuesday. Keep that in mind on your on your sports calendar. Also tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll continue our draft recap series and get to know a little bit more about the other remaining uh, draft choices by the Saints this past weekend, and then that'll take us into rookie minicamp where we'll be able to visit with more, including the undrafted free agents over the weekend, and have some of that for you on Mondays black and blue report that'll pretty much do it for us on this thursday from studio b enjoy the weather here in the gulf south enjoy the rest of your thursday and we'll look forward to seeing you right back here tomorrow sometime afternoon central to wrap up a week's worth of black and blue reports the podcast for saints and pelicans fans for daniel Sowerson, bill shoney mike inglis and ronald powell and john DeShazer too i'm sean kelly Thanks so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. 
If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.